Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Darren Cooney and today I'm joined by a very special guest. It's Ian McGarry, formerly of this parish up here in Scotland. He's now down in England working as a football consultant with some of the Premier League's biggest clubs and the biggest deals. He's also a transfer window regular, so I'm sure you're aware of his work. Today he's going to talk a lot about the exciting arrival of Charlie Mosonda to Celtic and give us some insight into what the player will bring to Celtic. He'll also maybe talk a little bit about the structure of the deal, what Chelsea think about him, and what the future lays out for the playmaker. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, we're on to talk about Charlie Massonda today, uh, and I'm wondering if you can offer a wee bit of in- insight for Celtic fans, just what kind of player they're going to be seeing. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's a very exciting move for Celtic and for Charlie. He, um, he is a mostly been played as a winger, but can play centrally, he can play right or left, uh, attacking midfield, can play uh, as a number 10 as well. He seems to me, Darren, to be the kind of player which Celtic, you think, maybe have an abundance at the moment in terms of that small, nimble, quite fast, uh, dribbly type player. But I'd say one thing that Masonda will bring to Celtic, which I don't believe they currently have, and that is his ability to pass 40, 50 yards like an arrow. Um, There was a very, very fine example of that for anyone who saw Chelsea play Brighton in the Premier League about eight days ago. Uh, Chelsea run out uh, 4-1 winners and the final goal was a pass from Bissonda who came on as a substitute. Gorgeous, lofted pass from 45 yards. Victor Moses running at full speed, didn't even break stride, one-hit goal. Now, I think Brendan Rodgers has been looking for, let's just say, it, that kind of player because at the moment his passing options in the current squad are quite limited with regards to that kind of accuracy and the ability to see that pass as well. So if you think about a Celtic team with the rest of the domestic season and the Europa League, obviously, which is important to them, adding that new dimension uh, to their squad, then Masonda is your man. OK, OK. Now, I know you say you can play in a variety of positions across the, the front, but given Celtic's paucity in the number 10 role, do you think that's where his future lies for the next 18 months at least? Now, you mentioned 18 months, Darren. I find that interesting in itself because Chelsea as a club have a habit of not loaning players out for more than six or 12 months. Now, Masonda's history, I think it's important to note, he signed for Chelsea in 2012, um, along with his two brothers, both older. Um, now, one of those brothers no longer is at the academy, the other one still is. The only experience he has of first-team football so far is a, a six-month loan move to Real Betis in 2016 January window, which didn't go well. Uh, he didn't play a lot of games, I think he made six appearances. Um, and since then, he's made only three fleeting appearances in the Premier League, one in each of the FA and League Cup. So this is a kid who desperately needs first-team football. Uh, he's 21 years old. He's had the absolute luxury and plush facilities of Chelsea's £40 million academy at their training ground in Cobham, South West London, for many years now. What he hasn't had is that experience of playing for three points on a Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, whatever. Now, the 18-month loan suggests to me that both Chelsea and Brendan Rodgers and Celtic, obviously, and Charlie Massonda himself, want him to establish himself and get regular football to find out, because we don't know yet, even at 21, if he's going to be a top-class player. Celtic is obviously a very big club, 
uh, playing European football will test Musonda and give Chelsea their answer and obviously give Celtic an answer as well. Yeah, and, and he's not the first player, of course, to have signed on an 18-month loan deal from the Premier League. Uh, it's very much parallels have been drawn with Patrick Roberts. Yeah, true. Um, again, Patrick Roberts is a player that Manchester City bought at a very young age from Fulham and you know wanted to know if he could make it uh, playing first-team football. In Chelsea's case, um, they, they have a production line of these kind of players, Darren. Um, at the moment, there are 33 players under the age of 23 currently on loan from Chelsea's academy. That gives you a, an idea of the scale of the project that they have. And of course, what they've started to do now is they've started to turn players out who they now believe are not good enough to play for Chelsea. For instance, Nathan Ake sold for £20 million but bought for only three. Um, also, uh, you've got other players like Ruben Loftus-Cheek, um, who also uh, is on loan at the moment. Um, so like, what you've got is basically, it's, it, there's a guy called Pete de Visser, who is a Dutch-born um, sort of, he's been a, a long time in football in, in the, both the Netherlands and Belgium. He is Roman Abramovich's personal football advisor, not employed by Chelsea, employed by Abramovich. He was the one who originally spotted Thibaut Courtois. He spotted uh, Aidan Hazard. Now, Masonda was also one of the players he spotted. And of course, when you get players who you buy, in the case of Hazard and Courtois, whose value to Chelsea when they were purchased, Courtois was 16 million. Hazard was bought from uh, Lille, so he was more expensive. He was around 35. Both those players are now worth arguably between 18 and 100, in excess of 140 million pounds in Hazard's case, if you look at Philippe yeah. Coutinho's move. So what with Masonda, it was another one of these take a punt. You know, very talented golden generation of Belgian players at this moment, led by De Bruyne, Hazard, Courtois, etc. But is Moussonde as that good? He doesn't appear to be right now. Otherwise, he would have broken at Chelsea's first team. However, as I said, with first team football and with good coaching, there's no reason why he can't improve. Uh huh. And so, just returning to the the, the length of loan deal, Ian, yeah. does the fact that he's on such a eighteen month contract is that is that show that's Chelsea rating higher than they would if they put him out for six months. Tell us what that mm, tells I mean, us. I, I, what's interesting is, to my knowledge, Darren, his con- current contract with Chelsea expires in the summer of 2019. Now, uh-huh. that would mean that his contract expires when his loan deal at Celtic expires. Chelsea are very careful to keep these young guys on long-term contracts. Even players who are you know, almost no chance of playing for Chelsea's first team are awarded routinely a new four-year extension on their contract, etc., et because Chelsea know and have discovered from experience that those players can be worth something. So what I'd say is, with regard to the length of the contract, this will be Chelsea playing clever here. They'll keep an eye on Musonda and they'll obviously get um, feedback from Brendan Rodgers, obviously, who's got very good contacts at Chelsea as well. If he plays well for these six months, then uh, there's every chance he'll go pre-season and start uh, the season with Celtic next year as well. However, you can be absolutely sure that they will then try and extend his contract with Chelsea while he's on loan at Celtic yeah. so that he's not just walking out of there for free. Now, the one thing, and there's a, there's a precedent here, is that Musonda, to me, I'm told from uh, people who I speak to at Chelsea Academy, is quite a strong-willed and strong-headed young man who wants to play football and will not just spend his whole career extending contracts at Chelsea and going out on loan here and there and everywhere. The person that I refer to is Dominic Solanke, who is a similar age, played with Masonda in the under-18s, the 20s and the 23s, who, of course, ran his contract down and left for Liverpool for free last summer. 
Now, if Masonda is ambitious and a strong-headed uh, in world, as I'm told he is, maybe he won't sign that contract extension offer from Chelsea when it comes along. Maybe he'll just play football at Celtic for 18 months. And then when he's free, uh, out in freedom of contract in the summer of 2019, he can sign for Celtic, he can sign for anyone he likes because he'll be free to go. Yeah, OK then, that's that's interesting. And is there any suggestion of an uh, option to buy for Celtic then? I take it not from what you're saying. No, I, I, none whatsoever. Although um, what you tend to find with these loan contracts is that, that there are clauses which can be activated. So therefore, if Chelsea did want him to say he had an absolute sensational six months, tore the place up, especially in the Europa League, because obviously that's close at the standard of football that Chelsea want to be uh, having the young players at, then they could recall him. I'm sure there'll be a clause to recall after six months. Alternatively, there'll be a clause to recall after um, one year, which would be a year from now. And obviously his contract runs out and, uh, and his loan deal runs out in, in summer of 2019. So again, if Celtic wanted to buy, then they would have to pay a premium. Um, I say take Nathan Aki as an example at £20 million. Um, that's probably not the kind of money that um, at this moment in time Musonda would command because of his lack of first-team football. Aki was more or less a kind of fixture in Chelsea's matchday squads for Premier League matches and, of course, had that very um, successful loan at Bournemouth, which, of course, turned into a permanent deal. So with Musonda, I think it will be a case of wait and see, both for Chelsea and for Celtic. OK, and speaking of Bournemouth, Ian, they were uh, credited with an interest in Masonda a couple of months ago. In fact, yeah. definitely, definitely in December. And latterly, it's been Roma and Leganes. What? Oh, this is a coup, Darren. No yeah. doubt about it. And this is a kid who, um, when he was literally 12, 13, was being scouted by Real Madrid and Manchester United. Um, and even when he turned 18 and signed a new contract, um, Monaco um, were interested in buying him or indeed taking him on a loan deal. So uh, he's, he's not been without suitors. I think Masonda, I said, no, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say like Scott Sinclair, who's a lot older, but Sinclair was a bit of a nomad um, in terms of his playing career. Um, you know, obviously played at, at Chelsea to start with, then uh, was at Manchester City, he was at Cardiff, mm-hmm. then went to Celtic and found his home. Now, Masonda may not be looking for a long term home right now, but he's looking for a base where he can establish himself in a team and play regular football so that he can show, but prove to himself, never mind to the rest of the world, that he is someone to be reckoned with. So, uh, as I said, the fact that it's a loan deal, his wages won't be huge. Chelsea are very generous in paying up to 50% of those players' wages. So he won't be costing um, Celtic a fortune, but they've got potentially a very, very good player. Okay, okay. And, And given that there was interest from these other clubs, then what do you think was the selling point for Celtic to the player and Chelsea? So, oh, I think very simple. Celtic said, come here and you play football. Sim- yeah. It's as simple as that. We, you just said you don't, you know, you don't believe Celtic have a what, number 10 who could command that jersey every single week. I don't think they have either from what I've seen, although I don't see him as much as you probably. Um, and I think Masonda has been sold on that. Chelsea want the, these players to get to play football at a competitive level so that they can then find out if they're good enough to bring them back and recall them and everything else. So, Look, it's a win-win for both sides on this one. What won't be a win-win for Celtic is if he's that good that he, he ends up back at Chelsea in the summer. But again, if it means that they you know, get a, a great play for six months and that it helps them progress and domestically European, then I'm sure they won't be complaining. OK, but I mean, the noise is up here where the Chelsea won't be able to recall him in the summer. And this is part of the, the deal. But I mean, you'll know... As, as, I, as I said, they, they, I've not heard that there's any recall... Um, in the deal, as but I said, there are clauses which can be activated. There, there usually are, sure. um, but do you know what? The chances of Chelsea 
even activating that are very, very unlikely on the basis that they are overstocked with players of Masonda's um, type ability um, at the moment in time, which is why he can't even get on the bench. As I said, uh, it's three substitute appearances in the Premier League all season. One appearance in the FA Cup and League Cup tells you that there's no room for him. Um, he's not even made the bench or matchday squad um, for the majority of, of uh, games this season. So clearly he's been frustrated, uh, wants something different. And as I say, Celtic will have sold, Brendan Rodgers will have sold it to him as, come here, son, and you'll play football, which is all he wants. Um, so I, I said, look, I, I said it'd be a very unlikely that they would call him in the summer. Uh, my point I was making was if he does tear, tear it up, then Chelsea might look to review that. OK, OK. And Brendan Rodgers, would he have been much of a factor in, in Musundar head north, given the relationship between the player and his former club? I think there's no doubt that um, Brendan is very well regarded at Chelsea. Uh, he started there as a youth team coach and then went on to become academy director before um, branching out into his own uh, managerial career at places like Watford and Reading. Um, and obviously uh, is, is at Celtic having left Liverpool. So he's maintained his contacts. A lot of people in the academy uh, are remained there from when Brendan was there, even though it's been what, about eight or nine years now since he left. So um, in terms of persuading Chelsea, to, to send Masonda, I think Brendan would have been uh, pivotal in that in terms of persuading Masonda himself. I've known Brendan a long time and I find him to be charismatic and charming, very persuasive. You know, this is the guy who charmed Moussa Dembele out of um, turning down Tottenham and Arsenal uh, uh, offers when uh, he left Fulham for, for Celtic for exactly the same reason. And because Dembele himself, like Masonda, wanted to play first team football, he wanted to be told, when you're fit, you will play. Masonda wants the same. So there's no doubt that Brendan's both his, his um, connections with Chelsea and his ability to, uh, let's just say, persuade a player and to uh, make a player feel wanted um, has been a big factor in this. Right, and, that, and that's a brilliant segue there, Ian. It's almost as if you're telepathic there. Dembele. Indeed. What, can, you get, can you give us the latest on him? Um, as of Saturday... Last weekend, so two days ago, Darren, there were no offers from Mr Dembele to Celtic. Uh, the only offer that they received, the one that Brendan Rodgers referred to last week's press conference, was on January the 5th, I think, and it came from Brighton Hove Albion. Um, it didn't meet Celtic's asking price. Um, I have spoken to people who are involved in the deal, and there was mention that the players' contract demands had increased uh, dramatically by maybe by up to 25-30% mm-hmm. from what the original um, uh, was mooted uh, and, and indeed maybe even agreed so uh, that one fell down and that was three weeks ago now and since then there have been inquiries, West Ham made an inquiry but no offer, uh, I think look, I'd say this what we know from experience and history is that the last 48 hours of the transfer window in the English Premier League is chaotic We've currently got in England uh, six clubs fighting or at least involved in a relegation battle, all looking for a striker. Now, to this point, they've been looking elsewhere for a striker, but Dembele is actively on every club's radar. Um, Despite, I think, what Celtic are um, saying, I think they would sell for the right price um, and I think the player would move. But... The problem you have with Dembele is the same as when he left Fulham and turned down Arsenal and Tottenham. He's not going to move to a club where he's not going to play. And he's absolutely adamant about that. So he won't leave Celtic for a club where he will be number three, number four striker. 
um, and you know, Celtic get a, a price that they want for him, then the player, I believe, will refuse to move. So I think there's a bit of a stalemate going on there. But as I said, you can't rule anything out in the last 40 hours of this window because uh, you've got the demand of clubs for a striker and the supply being very short. Dembele is known to be, obviously, a talent, not the finished article, and available for the right price. My prediction would be that there will be interest in Dembele over the next 48 hours, and it will be from the Premier League. But as I said, there's that stumbling block to overcome, a major one, whereas the player wants to game time and wants to be reassured of that. And that's something which uh, a club like, say, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, West Ham United, uh, West Bromwich Albion, um, they're all looking for strikers right now and, you know, they haven't got one yet. So, in fact, just this morning, Diafra Sacco left West Ham for Wren. So they're now a striker like West Ham made an inquiry for Dembele. Would it be beyond the realms of possibility that they would then renew that interest in Dembele this afternoon? I don't think it is. You've got David Moyes, Scottish manager, he's got ties to Celtic. It's an easy call to make. Yeah, and West Ham were, of course, last January, they made an inquiry about Dembele. And yeah. a figure of kind of 20 million was mentioned, which was rebuffed. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe they would accept that now, you know? That's a difficult one uh, for Celtic. I think the player himself had a, a lightning and incredibly impressive start to his first season at Celtic. I think his um, his value was at a premium this time last year. I think we've all seen that he's had suffered from niggling injuries. His form has dropped off. Uh, he seems a little less motivated, slightly languid in his body language on the pitch sometimes. And I think Celtic trying to achieve £25 million for the player now would be unrealistic. I think Celtic's best chance of selling the player in this window would be to accept a lower bid with a sell-on fee or certain incentive clauses where, if it, obviously, Dembele, uh, you know, completed so many games, etc., etc., then the fee uh, renewed and went up by a percentage of the original fee. Usually that in these deals, that can be between 10 and 30%. So I think, you know, a deal structured like that would be the best. But remember, running at a time here, Darren, less than 48 hours now, you've also got full card of Premier League games Tuesday and Wednesday night. Now, that obviously doesn't affect the transfer business, but it does affect your ability to get to your manager during 90 minutes of football. Yeah. Get him on the phone and say, what do you think? Is this worth it or not? So, as I said, don't rule anything out, but at the same time, this would be a difficult negotiation to complete in the time that's left. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much for joining me, Ian. All the best. And you're going to be busy over the next couple of days. Yep, we'll be Transfer Window Podcast uh, after the window closes on Wednesday uh, with myself and Duncan and uh, the great Henry McRae. So I um, look forward to wrapping everything up and giving our uh, audience the best possible insight into everything that's gone on. And indeed, the deals uh, which have been done will be able to tell everyone exactly what they are and the prices. And everyone likes to know what everyone earns. Well, we'll be able to tell you know, on Thursday. Thank you very much. We'll be tuning in then. Thanks, Ian. Cheers, Darren.